for example, Nike. I say, oh, Nike, can you give me 5,000 bucks for my event? They say, no, thanks. We don't give money. I say, okay, thanks. Bye. That's too cut and dry, isn't it? What if I just said, Nike, I have this organization. We do these types of things where we help young athletes. Is that sort of interesting to you? Yeah, maybe. Well, we have this event. Do you want to get involved somehow? Or, you know, whatever. What do you think? Like, they may not give money, but they may give uniforms. They may give, like, with their logos on it, right? They may give some other cross-promotion. Like, you just don't know. But if you're only asking for money directly, you're going to get a pretty clear yes or no. Hi, everyone. Tristan McIver here, Program Advisor at AMC MPO Solutions. Today on the Strategic Nonprofit, we will be talking about friendraising. Today on the podcast, I've invited Rick Phillips of the Yeti Institute to discuss fundraising with us. Uh, we'll learn a little bit more about what fundraising is, uh, how you can uh, incorporate that into your organization, and what it is exactly. Here at AMC, we do a lot of live webinars and virtual training for nonprofits across Canada. If you're looking for virtual governance training or strategic planning for your NPO, drop me a message and I'll be happy to go over options with you. More details are in the show notes. Rick, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, can you tell us about Yeti and uh, your role there? Absolutely. So I'm an original co-founder of Yeti and uh, instructor, program advisor, and now director of international programs. Yeti is a mouthful. York Entrepreneurship Development Institute is a mouthful, so we just call it Yeti, uh, based in Toronto. But simply speaking, we train entrepreneurs, both for-profit, non-profit, uh, internationally and here, youth, you know, um, adults, you name it. So that's, that's our business. So we are a registered charity. Uh, we've been op operation since 2013. Uh, we're expanding uh, every year. Uh, but that's, that's what we do. We're in the business of training entrepreneurs. We partner with universities, for example, York University and Schulich School of Business here in Toronto, overseas universities uh, where we've been traveling, uh, but we are an independent charity ourselves. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. So um, if you can tell us a little bit about um, what challenges executive directors uh, typically face, uh, executive directors, CEOs, um, to put it that way, um, during uh, when they're trying to secure funders. So what are the challenges around that? Right. So first of all, I just want to mention that not only am I on the team of Yeti, but I'm also the executive director, as you mentioned, of this NCCA Canada, which is National Communication Coaching Association of Canada. It's a, it's a nonprofit, and I'm the executive director. Uh, so I, I share the pain of a lot of executive directors when it comes to things like fundraising. So what are the challenges? That's like asking, does a 1200 bear have a flea? I mean, there's a lot of challenges, right? But at the end of the day, funds is a serial focus of, if I don't have funds, I can't do anything. If I get money, I can do this, this, this. If I don't get money, I can't do this. How do I get funds? Do I go to my government? If so, what level, you know, federal, provincial, municipal? If I go to donors, how do I approach them? You know, should I even ask for money? How do I ask for money? Do I have a membership drive? Do I have a, a gala? So there's a lot of questions around fundraising because at the end of the day, especially for the nonprofits and the charities, they're, they're really looking at how do I get money basically as much as money as possible and as quickly as possible. So I'm not saying this is entirely wrong, but it can lead to kind of a, a manic feeling of desperation, especially when funding is easy come, easy go. So there's a lot of problems with that. It starts with the idea of having obviously a good strategy. This is, you know, I'm not the first person to say that everyone should have a good strategy for marketing, for sales, you know, why not for fundraising and for anything else, right? 
and, and obviously doing research. You know, what are what is the funding available in terms of government funds or private funds? How do people do it? Who can I network with and um, connect with to to teach me how to do this if I'm just starting out? There's a lot of things, but that's that's the the nail in the head really is that there's such a, a focus on money and money now that it often creates problems or mistakes or, or emotional turmoil for the executive directors. And it doesn't matter if it's for-profit or non-profit because they really think of funds as being something that drives the business. It's not entirely wrong. Of course, money's important, but sometimes the thinking is incorrect when they're putting all their eggs in one basket. They're looking at, how can I get money now? You know, how can I get it immediately? Especially the nonprofits really seem to be focused on funds and um, not having a lot uh, going in terms of their resources without the funds, government funding or private donations, whatever. So there's a big focus on it. So it's not that it's wrong. It's that you have to have a strategy like everything else. You have to have a good marketing strategy, financial strategies, everything else. You've got to have a good strategy when it comes to that stuff. So uh, fundraising is not wrong. It's just that I've met a lot of people from nonprofits and charities who suddenly are out of money because some government grant dries up and they weren't expecting it. And suddenly now they're cutting back their operations, chopping off things or even, or even stopping if it's a smaller organization. So this is the, the problem, the main problem that these executive directors will face is securing funds and uh, having continuous streams. And, and really it's about how to, how to think properly about funds and fundraising. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, um, it's something at uh, Yeti that you teach is uh, fundraising. Mm -hmm. So how is that different uh, from fundraising? Yeah, it's a bit of, obviously it's a play on words. Uh, mm -hmm. So and that's on purpose, right? We're trying to, to teach the people that, that instead of focusing directly on funds, mm -hmm. instead of focusing only on, hi, do you have money? No, okay, thanks. Next person, hi, do you have money? No, okay, thanks. Instead of this kind of attitude, go towards friend raising. How do I raise friends? How do I raise my network? How do I expand my network in different avenues? And, and the goal is to really make them think about what are the benefits to me as the executive director of not asking for money directly? This is a different way of thinking, right? It's really, it's, it's about what, what can I get? And really when we're teaching it, because we are an educational institution, we're teaching like to have them think, what else besides money can you get if you expand your network? First of all, who, who do you want to chase to, to bring into your network? Why? And, and what else can you get? So that's the first question. So they have to think about, oh, well, I just want money. And okay, well, what else can you get from someone from your network? Well, maybe I can get mentoring. Maybe I can get, you know, some good advice. And I would say, okay, so let's say you've got somebody in your network, whether it's previously in your network or you've got someone, and let's say they're, they're giving you advice. I'll just say once a month for a coffee or in this case, a Zoom chat, giving you advice. Okay, because they want to, because they want to help you. Okay, well, guess what? After a couple of months of that, they're not just mentoring you, but they're advising you. Well, now suddenly as you're growing your board, and not just the directors, you can create a board of advisors if you don't have one. A lot of newer nonprofits don't think about a board of advisors. Now you can get that person. Can I have you on top of my uh, board of advisory, please? It's quite often nothing too formal at all. Most people say, sure, no problem. Well, why is that important? Because then when you are applying for funds or going to the bank or whatever you're doing, you have a board of advisors of these specialists, experts, people with experience in your industry, or, or even just like great accountants, lawyers, whoever they might be. And now that's going to make your application stronger for when you are applying for funds. So it's not directly saying, hey, I want to find this person here and immediately get them to sign on something that they trust me with their money. It's not that. It's about just how can I expand my network of friends, LinkedIn, et cetera. And, and what are the other benefits? 
that I can get besides asking for money directly. So when you change your focus from looking at money directly, suddenly the world opens up a bit. And that's just one example of how a, how a part-time mentor can, can become on your board of advisor to help you have a stronger company profile. It's just one example, right? There might be another person who, um, through your networking, uh, offers some shared office space or office space at a lower price. Right. So again, you're always looking for money because, well, I need this, this, this. Well, I need office space. I need print photocopies. I need, okay, but it's not the money. As Tim Ferriss said when he wrote the book, The Four Hour Work Week, it's not really the money you want. It's what you're going to get with the money. So instead of looking at the money, look at the goal. So if someone's offering you free office space or part time office space, or that's the goal. If someone is going to help share their booth at some event or conference or, or uh, uh, networking event or, um, or trade show that you need, that's the goal. It's not about, I need money all the time. So it's, it's, you got to think differently. And I always tell people anyway, with nonprofits, you always have to be thinking like, here's my nonprofit hat. I always kind of joke and say, I've got a nonprofit hat on because I work in for-profit nonprofit, right? So when I'm a nonprofit hat, it means I'm allowed to ask for anything at any time in the name of a nonprofit. I may not get it, but I can ask for it, right? I can say like, hi, can, do you have something free? I'm a nonprofit. You know, can I get a discount? I'm a nonprofit. You've got to train yourself as an executive director because it trickles down. The people below mm -hmm. you, they see, and obviously there's a lot of people that have a small team anyway at the beginning. They've got to see this attitude. So you have to cultivate it yourself. I'm a nonprofit today. I want something for free. So again, I'm not chasing money directly. It's, it's not exactly fundraising, but it's about this, this dilemma of what do I do without a lot of money? Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's the first half is training the people to think themselves about that. It's okay to ask for money. How do I do it? How do I expand my, my network? How do I find different uh, avenues and opportunities besides money directly? Money may come, but it's not directly. And the other half of it is asking yourself, why would that person want to help me? So let's say I pick up someone on LinkedIn and go, he's a, he or she's a big former CEO of a big nonprofit or whatever it might be, right? Oh, that'd be a great person to network with. And I send an email, but maybe I don't get a response. Why? So I've got to think to myself, what would make that person respond and say, yeah, sure, Rick, I'd like to meet you and chat about whatever. So that's the other half of this, which we'll probably get to, I'm sure. So there's two ways to look at it. It's like, you know, it's my benefit to raise friends and what is the benefit they would have to connect with me? So, yeah, and I, I read a little bit online to myself and there's, um, it, it explained more about building relationships opposed to just just the asking for money so like what can my profit what can my you know not-for-profit do for you kind of you know kind of idea um so what would you say that you could do like from your from your experience mm -hmm. how can you incorporate friend friend raising into an organization if you don't have that in place already yeah, you, you, you st it's obviously starts at leadership. It always starts at the top. Always, 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 always. So, and then it trickles down whatever size of the organization. And so it's about, it's about instilling the concept of, of that. Let's bring all of our networks together. So not just the executive team, but even if there's like volunteers and all that stuff, like what kind of network are we all bringing together to the table? What kind of incentives can we offer volunteers, for example, to bring in other volunteers, to bring in, you know, potential people they know? Do they have a voice? And this is a separate issue. I could give a whole lecture on, on how to deal with the, the volunteers, but a lot of times volunteers feel very secluded, very separate, because they're not full-time workers, usually not even part-time workers. They're not paid almost always. So they're almost like, there's the volunteers over here. They'll do a few hours for us, then they'll probably drop off, so let's ignore them. So they don't feel this need to really give and contribute and help. But if we gave them an avenue where they could, you know, for example, um, 
contribute online, like let's call it a Facebook group that's only for the volunteers of that nonprofit. And they can share and they get incentives to, to bring good people to the table. You never know whose father's mother is an accountant, a lawyer, a fundraiser. You just never know, right? So that's kind of a, a way from top down, the approach has to be, hey, we're in the business of, of networking, let's pick the right events to go to, let's pick the right people to go, let's, let's make sure that we tell, tell whoever's going, how do we ask questions correctly? How do we listen? How do we navigate our position to make it interesting to that person to want to work with us? And finally, of course, not asking always for money directly. That, there's a time for a pitch, and there's a time for just building network. If people, people will invest in you, any kind of investment, not just money, for three reasons, right? Either A, they like you, like literally, they like you as a person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this could extend to your team. Or B, they like your, your cause, your, your, your business, your cause, your social venture, your nonprofit. They like it and what it stands for. And or C, of course, some kind of ROI, return on investment. Well, in the for-profit world, ROI means money. In the nonprofit world, it's not money per se. It's what will I get? So this is what I was going back, going back a little bit earlier. I was saying, like, what will that mentor get to join your team? What will that uh, retired professor, you know, get if we're going to have them join our team? What is that uh, donor going to get? What is it going to get? Well, they're not all the same, are they? With yeah. donors, what are they looking for? Do they want to feel good about their donation? Do they want their name on a plaque somewhere? You know, if, if it's a corporate sponsor, what do they want? Mm-hmm. They want their logo somewhere. They want yeah. maybe cross promotion. Of the, they want mm-hmm. to show the world that they're a good organization that, that is in line with yours. So you can't have the same message for everyone. You can't just think that they're all the same. And, and of course, your beneficiary is directly the, the customer, right? The person that's benefiting from your, your service. So if you're, you know, have, have a soup kitchen, you know, then give that yeah. person soup and don't bug them. And then the corporate sponsor gets the logo, you know, saying that, hey, we helped the soup kitchen, right? And mm-hmm. make it clear. So it's yeah. about knowing how to talk to people and how to understand and ask questions if you don't know it to make sure you understand what's their, what will they benefit from aligning themselves with my organization? It doesn't have to be money directly. The money will come, right? For example, Nike. I say, oh, Nike, can you give me 5,000 bucks for my event? They say, no, thanks. We don't give money. I say, okay, thanks, bye. That's too cut and dry, isn't it? What if I just said, Nike, I have this organization. We do these types of things where we help young athletes. Is that sort of interesting to you? Yeah, maybe. Well, we have this event. Do you want to get involved somehow? Or, you know, whatever, what do you think? Like, they may not give money, but they may give uniforms. They may give, like, with their logos on it, right? They may give some other cross-promotion. Like, you just don't know. But if you're only asking for money directly, you're going to get a pretty clear yes or no. So that mm-hmm. you got to teach everybody Friend raising, it's about deal with the people as people, but also try to understand what's their angle. What could they benefit from doing business with you? What could they benefit from working with your organization? And in what way do they want to align it as a donor, as a sponsor, as a beneficiary? Three different ways. Mm. Well, that's very, can you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's the, the point is to, yeah. to teach people to separate the concepts of, of that the pitch is different for each, each category. Right. right okay. Again, like you've donated, right? We've all donated even 50 bucks or 20 bucks or 200 bucks. We've all donated. It depends. Yeah. Like if the organization said to you, like, you know, what do you like? We can put your name on a, on a tree showing that you donated, you know, some money to the kids foundation. Oh, that's kind of nice. I get my name up there on the grocery store. Like it's, 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 I'm a donor. I'm giving. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you Absolutely. know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, I usually put my son's name up there, but <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's different ways to do it, right? It's different ways yeah. to do it. But if you're talking about five thousand or ten thousand, there's usually a little bit more than just putting your name on the on the tree and the you know this right, something right. else. And so, yeah. like, it's about it's about understanding like, what, what what does the donor want? Usually, a donor wants what we call a good guy feeling, good person feeling. Usually, right? 
if yeah. it's a corporate sponsor, again, they usually have, the big companies have their processes of how they deal with, interact with nonprofits and charities. They have their rules. It's quite easy just to let them lead you. But like I said, they might give you money. They might give you some leads. They might connect with other people. They might just put their logo somewhere, but you can't talk to them the same way as a donor. You can't talk to a beneficiary the same way as a corporate sponsor. The soup kitchen is an interesting idea because let's imagine someone's really, really hungry and they find a soup kitchen and they walk in, but before they can eat soup, they've got to fill out a survey, a marketing survey. Hmm, okay. This is bad business. This is bad business, right? <laughs> it's not, it's, it's bad business. It's bad feeling. It's like, no, they're hungry. Give the person soup. That's what they're, they're beneficiary. You, you're charging nothing for it or maybe a buck. Then do that. Let them eat soup and leave them alone. If there's mm -hmm. sponsorship in the background and all that stuff, then that's fine. And then the cameras okay. come in and interview the CEO of company. Yes, we, every year, once a year, I, I give food to the homeless. Here's me dishing out soup. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a PR thing, but that's, worth it if that organization is giving is supporting that nonprofit or charity so it's about just looking at the different angles and whoever's doing the emails or phone calls or whoever with those different people or networking they've got to understand who they're talking to you can't you can't offer the ceo of nike soup hey taste our soup it's delicious you should you should support us it doesn't work that way it does, it's not what he's after just think of a starving person and this will help you run your business better <laughs> i mean he, he or she really may like soup i mean <laughs> that's a bonus right yeah i really like the soup i want to put my logo you know, they're not nike's not in the soup business so yeah so it's, it's kind of like yeah we're exaggerating a little bit but that's that's you have to train people to think from top down right. whoever is the people in charge of networking face-to-face -face or you know online it's a, who you're targeting so these three groups and and how should you structure your message and highlighting what the benefit is they're going to get from doing whatever business with you what is the benefit you can't just say hi we're a great organization we've been around for 30 years we give a lot of support to the community please help us well out of all the people i just said that to who may be listening to this podcast how many people feel it like what if i say like i'm going to give money to uh uh starving children in north korea does that mean that every single person cares about North Korea? Like, I'm not trying to be rude, but let's be honest. Does every single person say, yeah, I really want to help North Korea? No, 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 no. Certain people will be triggered. Maybe people from South Korea, maybe people from Asia in general, maybe people who yeah. dealt with, with um, you know, starving children, maybe people had a bad upbringing, but not everybody. So you've got to tailor your message to whoever you're talking, at least as best as possible, so that it resonates and they feel something about, oh, why I should get involved whatever that means with this organization. So you have different yeah. messages. And obviously when you go to different events, you can tailor it more and you can, yeah. you know, you have, I know I'm sending an email to a corporate sponsor, I can tailor it. And you can create templates and you can give your employees templates to use and all that stuff. And, but that's, I think that's the big lesson with friend raising is, is two things. One, don't ask for money directly. The money will come and, mm -hmm. and, and you know, and look at what, what else you can get besides money, i.e. resources. And then the second thing is, you know, tailor your message for your particular audience, you know, donor, sponsor, beneficiary. Right, right. And also, from what I've understood, also provide value. You know, yeah, that's, provide that's, them with some sort of value, like, as you were saying, um, you know, putting up <laughs> the, the name on the tree, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. or putting them in a promotional video, or maybe they right. don't even want to be known. Exactly. Yeah, right? like that's important too. So yeah. Yeah. You have to ask, you have to have a conversation, right? So we're talking about yeah. relationship. It's not a, you know, back and forth. It's, it's, it is a back and forth. It's not just a one-time deal. It's not like, here's my proposal. Yes or no. You know, here's what we do. Right. Do you want in or out? It can't be that way. You've got to be chat and flexible and especially as a nonprofit or charity and, and, and see what's going to make that person comfortable in whatever way they want to get organized. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I had, you know, I had an old, I have an old um, business coach from many, many years ago. And a long time ago, he said this to me. He said, the average business deal takes seven meetings. And I don't know exactly where that statistic came from, but I find it fairly true. And it, if not, it's a good way to think about, like, don't rush. Don't rush. If you have a meeting with somebody important, don't expect to sign everything immediately the first day. Like right. a meeting yeah. might be a phone call here, an email there. Like even you and I, right? How many meetings did you and I have before this podcast? Or, t- or touches, you know, touches of like yeah. Yeah. email, phone yeah. calls. I exactly. asked you to connect on LinkedIn. Yeah, right. We've had like five or six at least. Yeah, yeah. Five or six at least, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So just yeah. teaching people to, to relax and to, to, to have, you know, good communication skills. I mean, I'm a communication coach by trade. That's my, that's my focus is, is, you know, good listening skills, you know, asking the right questions, you know, who you're talking to, tailoring your answer to be persuasive to their benefit. These are communication yeah. skills. So that's really important for, um, for every, anyone at any level working at the nonprofits or charities to pay attention to. Yeah. So if you were to give um, a piece of advice to an executive director or CEO, um, I think, I know you've touched on a few things already. Is there something else that you would um, suggest? I think trust the process, you know, trust that, that relationship building is a good thing and that will create a lot of opportunities and to see the opportunities. Like I said, it, it may not be somebody writing a check, but maybe through that connection, you get some furniture donated to your space, you get some, you know, some iPods donated to your class, teaching children, like, there's a lot of things that can come out of that if you're open to that idea. But if you're, if you're too narrowly focused on, on money, yes or no, it, you're going to miss those opportunities. Right. So keeping an open mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not just open mind, but like the radar's on, like really kind of yeah. having this sense of like, I, I meet this person, um, you know, mm. again, this is especially true when you find someone that you feel is we're going to be really valuable to your organization, right? Someone who could yeah. mentor, someone who could bring in a big check, someone who could, has got a lot of experience. Like those people we place a lot of high value on, like that's really important, right? To build that relationship. Like I said, like why, what would be in that person's benefit to work with your organization and, and in what capacity? Is it that they, you know, like you and your team, they like what you're doing. They're going to be some sort of return on investment, which is not money, but it's, it's some kind of good guy feeling. It's some kind of, um, you know, mentoring opportunity, which they want to do. They want to give back to society. They want to uh, have their name on, on some sort of, you know, monument of some kind. You've got to find out mm-hmm. and give that person what they want. Don't try to give, you know, soup to the corporate sponsor. Give the person what they want and you'll be, you'll have happier relationships. You have longer relationships. Um, at the end of the day, by the way, if people don't like your, the business cause, they're really not going to do too much business with you anyway. Right. I mean, that's, that's, you know, the other day, nonprofits are fairly clear about what they're offering the world. Um, you know, and so if people are really not interested, they're not going to do too much. It might be a one-off. You really want to get the people involved who really, you know, believe in what you're doing, obviously. Right. And, and you have a longer life with them. Um, but, uh, but also if they like you and your team. So it, it is true. It's not just about, you know, the, the, the organization it's about how you show up, how you talk, how you present yourself, how you communicate and, uh, and you and your, your team that represents the company. It's also very important. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a very good point. <laughs> um, is there anything you want to add? Is, is there anything that I, that I missed? No, I don't, I don't think so. It's, it, it's, um, it's a big world. Like communication skills is a big, topic and fundraising is a big topic and friend raising is a combination of both and so at the end of the day yes you're fundraising but you're doing it by relationship building and by being open to the opportunities of the, what those relationships could bring and you're not afraid to ask because you have a nonprofit hat on at the end of the day though the money will come and support will come um, the only other thing i could add is that uh, for all nonprofits out there do not do not rely solely on government funding 
a lot of newer young nonprofits. They 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 try to get a a, a grant at a uh, through the government, and that grants last for two or three years max, and then suddenly it's gone. So they do all this work to build up their organization, then that then it's gone, uh, because that's the way the government works. They don't they, the government's trying to wean you off, uh, and I'm just saying this because a lot of people who get into a nonprofit. At the beginning, they don't know this, right? So it's it's they yeah. get all this money, and they're like, "Wow, I got millions of dollars from the government," and then suddenly it runs out, and they apply again, they don't get it, and then suddenly they're cutting back. So the key is to diversify your income, like any other for profit. You know, what money do I have coming in from from grants at different three different levels? How's my donor you know window going here? Can I sell my product or service to the open market? Right. So, you know, people sell T-shirts and sell mugs and all that stuff. It, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, it's a product that you can sell to the open market. Um, you can sell like uh, events, right? Tickets to an event, like a gala of some kind. You can raffle off things if you're registered for that. And there's, there's all these opportunities where you can make sure you diversify that stream coming in. Um, so, so that you're not struggling all the time as a nonprofit or charity. And then, and, 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 and this sounds funny, but don't feel guilty for raising money. A lot of charities and nonprofits, because we teach a ton through Yeti, we know they feel guilty. They're like, oh, I'm a nonprofit. I'm not supposed to have a lot of money. I'm supposed to have a zero balance at the end of the year. No, you're not, man. Not at all. You're supposed to raise money so you can do good with that money. And you're allowed to have like what they call the government calls like saving for a rainy day, which is up to six months operational cost. You're allowed to actually save in your bank account. So you can be making millions of dollars as an organization as long as those millions of dollars are, are doing what it's supposed to. So mm-hmm. don't have this guilty feeling about asking for money. Don't have a guilty feeling about raising money. Mm-hmm. Just do what you're supposed to do according to your mission. And when you get these resources, you'll be able to do more good and you expand. So that's, that's a, again, it's an attitude of how people think, especially newer people into the nonprofit space. They have some challenges adjusting to the different thinking, I, I believe. Well, thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us today, Rick. Welcome, and um, uh, in, the no, in the show notes, we'll have uh, some information so anyone can learn more about Yeti and, uh, and how, that can, how Yeti can help uh, the not-for-profits. Sounds great. Look forward to any communications. I'm happy to respond directly. Okay, great. Thank you. Bye. Bye.